Welcome to St. Mark's N4, a church in the heart of Finsbury Park. For more information, visit our website. We can also be found on social media too. We look forward to seeing you at one of our services really soon. everybody is everybody all right you know the crazy thing about church and the crazy thing about life is like things can seem so insignificant in the presence of God and you know like when we have those moments of worship you know my prayer is that God would just do the unexpected and as I speak this morning I pray that you would just take a piece of God's heart with you. It wouldn't just be <laughs> some nice words and I tell some funny stories, but Lord, would you do something new in us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's so good to be here this morning. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Serge. By now you should know who I am. But for new people, uh, my name is Serge and I'm the worship pastor here. Our vicar Trev is away in Suffolk. So I've been left to, left to speak to you this morning, which is such a great honor. Um, so last week I was in Oxford and uh, we were celebrating the wedding of Jeremy and Laura. They are now Mr. and Mrs. Porter. That's amazing. I think they're actually watching, so we can give them like a massive round of applause. We're looking forward to having them back in church. I don't, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, love, I love weddings. And I'm, I remember talking to Laura after church one Sunday and um, a service I was preaching at. And she came up to me and she said, and Laura, you can text me if you're watching. And so I clued you in my sermon this morning. But she, she said, you know what, sir? She said, your preaching's amazing. She, she says the right stuff. She says, your preaching's amazing. But you know, every time you preach, you mention McDonald's. And I, or Arsenal. And... Um, I said, I said, oh, that's, that's not true. And I, I was telling Trev about this, and Trev said, you do. <laughs> and so when I was preparing this week, I said, I said, okay, whatever I do, I'm not going to tell a McDonald's story this week. However, I'm going to tell very one quick one. I don't know, like God just speaks to me when I'm in McDonald's, you know, late at night and you have the cravings. But I'm going to tell you about one of the greatest moments of my life. And this is actually quite sad. This is one of the greatest moments of my life. But I was in Paddington McDonald's and I went to the kiosk and I asked for a Big Mac meal. And she said, I asked for a medium one. And she said, hey, hey, would you like to make it a large? I was at the time, I was a student. I was like, I'm really poor. I can't afford the large, so I can only get the medium. And as I was ordering, I realized, I noticed this guy was sitting next to me. He had this really distinctive red scarf. And um, and um, I, as I was ordering, um, so she, she makes the drink and she puts it in the bag. And then I run to get the train. And as I'm sitting on the train, I realize the same guy is sitting next to me. And he's with his McDonald's arm from my McDonald's. And I open up the bag and I realized that the woman has given me like a large McDonald's meal by mistake. I was like, this is this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I paid I paid for a medium meal and they gave me a large one and I was eating away with my fries. I was like, this this is this doesn't happen to normal people. This is like the great free food. I mean come on. And it's like and the guy the guy sitting next to me and he was on the phone to his wife and he, he sounded really annoyed and he said, Oh he goes, you know, I asked for a large meal and they gave me a medium. I sat there and I was like, I'm eating this guy's McDonald's. I've picked up the wrong bag. 
Do you know in that moment, from the greatest moment in my life, man, I just wanted to like disappear into the seat. I want to run away was running through my brain. And the crazy thing about this psalm, and the reason I mention that, is that this psalm was actually written out of a I want to run away moment. Who here has had a I want to run away moment? I want to disappear into the floor. You know, this psalm was written after David killed Goliath and, and he had become well-known in Israel. Because of King Saul, became jealous. He decided that David was his enemy. David went to the Philistine city of Agath, the city where the former Goliath had lived. And for some reason, David tried to seek refuge in that city. But for whatever reason, he went to Goliath's backyard and he didn't get he didn't get refuge. To create, so, and here's the crazy thing. To escape the city of Gath, he pretends to be mad to Alchemic, who's also the son of another king. Um, has anyone seen the Blackadder episode where um, Blackadder pretends to be mad to get out going over the top? I can imagine David probably did something, something similar. And, he, and he, what he does, David runs and he says, I want to run away. And he runs away to this cave. And in this cave, there are other desperate men who have run to this cave because they want to hide. Um, if you want to, I won't go through the verse, but um, this is all recorded in Samuel 21. But what I love about this psalm is that this psalm, it was written out of a cave. And despite being in a cave, despite trying to run away from a situation was in, he, he, he wrote this psalm. And in this psalm, there's so much joy. There's so much adoration for God. How many of us right now can say that there is total joy in our lives? How many of us right now can say you're totally content? How many of us right now can say his love, God's love penetrates through every circumstance in our life? The truth is this morning, and maybe some of you won't like it, but I'll tell you because I love you. So many of us are stuck. So many of us are stuck in caves. We're all in a cave. We're in a job cave. We're in a relationship crisis cave. We're in a financial cave. And do you know why? And what I'm going to delve into this morning is we keep adding temporary solutions to lifelong issues. I was talking to Zahan before the service and you know we forgive without without boundaries. We share only the good parts. My Instagram's just the good pictures of me, never the bad. We isolate spiritually. We put ourselves into a cave. And this morning, and if you're taking notes, the, the title of my sermon is this, is how to turn your cave into a chapel. How to take place that you're stuck in. How to take the place that you've been put in. And how can we turn that into a chapel? Point one is this. Um, and it's three really simple points. But point one is this, is praise at all times. Verse one, it says, I extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, given what we know that David had gone through, given know what he faced, given know the tactics he had to use to get out of the situation he was in, David still came out of praising God. He still came out giving God his fullest glory. He still came out giving God his fullest adoration. Here's the thing. We need to bring, we need to bring God a praise that is on our lips. So often we can be silently thankful. So often someone can do something nice for you and you just kind of nod. 
But here's the thing, God calls us and it's a case of like not just simply being thankful in our hearts, but having a praise that's upon our lips. And, you know, that's been pretty hard in COVID. We haven't been allowed to sing. We've kind of been like talking behind masks. What's what's that you said? You know, and and it's been really difficult. But actually, God wants us to have a praise that is is upon our lips. And I love what Mark 16, verse 17, it says, In my name, they will cast out demons. Just the simple name of Jesus and putting Jesus making his praise his lips just changes the atmosphere that you're within and here's the thing it's really interesting and you think about it when you're in a cave and you speak out there's an echo right and the and the thing is is what you're speaking out echoes around you make the praise of god your soundtrack Make the praise of God the thing that you wake up to. Make the praises of God the thing that you fall asleep to. Because when it's a praise of God that's surrounding you, you're already putting yourself out this cave that you've put yourself in. It sets an atmosphere. It's infectious. People will lash on to that. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But we have got to come into a place and, you know, we get to a place that goes, oh, I'm so stuck. I don't like where I am. Have you praised God at all times? Have you? And it's not about singing songs. It's not about singing the coolest worship songs. It's, 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 it's not about finding the greatest gospel music on your phone. It's from the heart. I extol the Lord and I will, I will praise him at all times. You know, I often think how it is and how I can describe how it is to be in God's presence. And I often think it's like, you know, when you try and play music off your phone, my phone's here and you try and play music off your phone and I love my phone and you try and play music off your phone speakers and however much you EQ it you can go into the settings you're still going to get a static right but when you're in the presence of God it's like someone has just turned on the most glorious sound of all we have to praise him at all times No one saw that. In verse 2, and very quickly, I just want to read from, um, I love the King James translation in verse 2 of the psalm, and it says, "My My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Now, from a human perspective, David had nothing to boast about. He had to embarrass himself to escape a city where he foolishly tried to seek refuge. You know what's really funny? Um, If you go to the chapter in Samuel where it talks about this, David actually entered the city of Gath with the sword that he had taken from Goliath. Have you ever heard that phrase of you don't try and rob the same bank twice? (laughs) Here's Goliath, their amazing leader, and he walks in with the weapon that he's like captured from him. I don't know, but I I think David's a bit of an idiot here. But here's the thing, when David's boasting about the Lord, and when David's boasting in the Lord, here's the thing that I I notice, he's not boasting from a palace. He's not boasting from a resort. But in fact, he is boasting out of a cave among other men who are just as troubled as he is. You know, so often, you know, we, we think praise comes after the miracle. We think praise comes after receiving we think praise comes after the, the gift. David had nothing to boast from, and yet he still boasted. 
And even when you have nothing, you can always boast in the Lord. You know, you may not be doing great, but I tell you this morning, God is still great. You may not be, you may not be, um, you, you may not be financially stable, but I tell you, God is still efficient. You, your relationship may be in the biggest crisis, but can I tell you, you still have the ultimate relationship in Jesus Christ. So often we think it's going to be easy and we just expect him to lay the food out on the table and we eat. But the fact is, like, sometimes God puts us in a place and sometimes we find us in a cave so we can say, God, I will praise you at all times and your praise will be on my lips because that's sometimes what we need to do. And sometimes I think God is teaching us whatever it takes, whatever it costs, it's time to praise. Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, What scope there is for holy boasting in Jehovah, his persons, attributes, covenant promises, works, and a thousand things besides are all incomparable, unparalleled, matchless. We may cry, we may cry them as we please, but we shall never be convicted of vain and empty speech in so doing. Boast in the Lord, praise him at all times. Point one. Now, if David hadn't done enough already, he gets the other men in this cave to help him praise. Verse 3, and this is him singing to these other men in the cave. He says, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Point two is this, it's don't sit alone. Here's the thing. David knew that there was something magnetic about the true praise of God. And here's the thing. The true praise of God brings the infectious presence of God. I remember a couple of years ago, I was, I was when I was staying in Chiswick, um, I just graduated and God spoke to me and he said, sir, she said, I want you to decorate your living room. I was like, what? I was like, I was like you've, you've asked me to do some weird things. But he's like, he said, Serge, I want you to decorate your living room. And now the flat I was living, I was living in, I wasn't particularly happy. I, I wasn't particularly sure, sure about the era. But I remember going to Ikea and I, 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 I had this experience of just renovating my, my living room. And, and I sat down that night in the, in the fruits of my labor and I, I said, God, why? And here's the thing. And, and, and it's a bit like church. Some of us are not happy in the environments we're in. But instead of running away from the environment, what God wants us to do, he actually wants us to change and alter the environment that we're in. And it's, uh, do you know, running away is a, is a good option, but it's not God's option. And when, like me, when I was stuck in my flat and I was just like, oh, I really don't like this space, make it yours. Make it, make it the place that you want to be. And I, I, I think, and I think, I was sitting there, and God, and God said, He said, the way, the way you renovate your living room, the way you do your garden, the way you, the, the, the way you build up your kitchen, is the way I want you to build your church. Why? Because when you create an environment and you have a house that you're proud of, what do you do? You invite people over, you party, you have dinner, you have tea. Because it's infectious. And when we praise God, it's exactly the same thing. Is when we praise God and we get to a place where we like it, then we say, hey, come and join in too. The church, um, God wants a church that talks to people, not at people. God wants a praise that talks to people, not at people. And the biggest thing and our biggest failing as human beings is that we get in the way. We think we know what's best. We should sing. We think we know what colors the light should be. We think we know what the font should be. 
don't get in the way of God's presence. Who here wants this church to be full? Come on, who here wants this church to be full? If you don't want this church to be full, ah, we chat afterwards. I give you a hug, it's okay. If we want this church to be full, as much skills that me and Fazana can put in, it's the presence of God that's going to eventually do it. It's not going to be me who does it. He's not here, but it's, I hate to break it to you. It's not going to be Trev who does it, <laughs> as great as he is. If you want to see a queue lining up down to, down to the end of the road, it's the infectious presence of God that's going to bring that. In the psalm, it says, let us exalt his name together. Do you know how we start doing that? It's like we start praising together. We start worshiping together. We, we, start, we start breaking ground together. Those who truly praise God bring others to God. I love that verse in the Bible when it says, where two or three are gathered, God himself, God himself will be in our midst. You know, we've got this series coming up and I do a cheeky plug in September called Hello Church. You know, we're not doing it because I found some new fonts. <laughs> we're not doing it because... We want to play gospel music, even though that's exciting. We're not doing it because we want to have an excuse to call a Sunday Harvest Sunday. But it's time to start reaching out to our community. It's time that there is people out there right now looking for the love of Jesus. If you have true praise in your heart, true praise will bring other people together. Let's not be complacent. Oh, it's all right. We've done it this way for 20 years. It's, it's fine. No. The purpose of the church and the purpose of following Christ is to bring others to him. And point three is this, and it's very simple. It's uh, look to him. Verse four, it says, I sought the Lord at all times and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. A couple of weeks ago, um, I went and um, um, I can't remember what service it is, but I remember sp I spent the bank holiday weekend with one of my really good friends, Tom. So I led worship in the, mid in the morning and then I went off to Reading in the afternoon. And man, we had the best afternoon planned. We, we had our beers on ice and the Indy 500 was on and like we had takeaway coming and the sun was out and we're sitting in the garden and oh, it was great. And it's probably the first time since being here that I had a night off work and I was like, this is great. And we, we we just started talking, and it, it, it very quickly it turned into a rant session. And then, <laughs> we're here in this like love. We're celebrating my my best friend Tom. He, he he's he's just bought a house, and um, you know we, we're celebrating him buying this house. But I remember we just sit there, and for about two hours we were just complaining. I said, I said, I, I don't know. I said, I've been in this job for about for about two months now, and I feel like I've messed this up, and I feel like I've, I've done that. I feel like I've hurt that person. I feel like I haven't reached out to that person. And it got to a point two hours in, Tom was like, what are you doing? He goes, it's our day off. We're on holiday, and you, you, you want to complain. You want to have a rant session. The race is about to start. Like, smile. And I was laying in bed that night, and this thought just, just occurred to me. It's like, we're sitting there, and we're meant to be enjoying this afternoon, but my default is it's the self-pity. Why, why do you, and it's, I think it's the same for all of us. Anger sometimes is so much easier to understand than love. 
Why do you crave what you hate? Why do you prefer pessimistic thoughts? Why do you tend to gravitate towards that? Why, 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 why do we like that? Why do you say horrible stuff about yourself when you know if you heard someone say it about one of your friends, you'd be right over there sorting them out? Why, why do you crave that? Why do, why do you like feed yourself that? You know, most of the stuff we're doing in the world is a feed. We have Instagram feeds. We have Twitter feeds. We, we have email feeds. We have letter feeds. You know, and most of our life is lived off. And we're trying to fulfill ourselves with these things that we think that are going to fill ourselves. And then we realize we're not fulfilled. How many of you have got a face where you can say, I feel so blessed. I feel so fresh. Oh, God, that stalking that person for 20 minutes that's that's made me feel so much better about myself just like the slaves in Egypt and the slaves in Egypt were given bricks with no straw the world wants to starve you the world wants to starve you and not only the world wants to starve you but the world wants you to keep you coming back for more and that's the truth of society in 2021. And we get a little political this morning. But the truth is, is that the world is only offering a temporary solution to your lifelong pain. And some of the stuff we're looking, we're looking for, it isn't bad. Healthy relationships. My father's here. I love my relationship with my father. I have a great mom. I have a brother and two sisters. We look. Tyler's getting married, you know. And there's stuff that there's stuff that we're looking for, and that stuff isn't bad. But where are you going to be fed? Here's the thing: God's actually got what I need. <laughs> God has actually got what I need. And we try and look high and we try and, we try and find satisfaction in our jobs. We try and find satisfaction in our relationships. We try and find satisfaction in, in social media. We, we, try and, we try and find satisfaction in, in the clothes we wear. But actually, God has got what you need. And when you know that, you have to hang your shame in a bit. Because it's like, why would you look into other sources when God can freely give you what you need. How do you turn your cave into a chapel? Can I give you a little tip? God has all the tools you need. End of sermon, thank you very much. God has all the tools you need. Now, the question I want to ask you this morning is, is are you going to look to them? And we've been looking at them. I do it every day of my life. There isn't a day that goes by, and I honestly stand here as a man of God. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't have some self-doubt about the world. There isn't one moment, there, there, there isn't, there isn't a, not a moment that goes by in a day where I have one moment of like, why? Really? Ugh. That's a sound I like to make a lot. But this morning, can we commit? as a church and as a family and as friends and uh, as the church of God, can we commit to looking at him this morning? Making that the first, and not only making it the first point, making it the center. Um, a couple months ago, um, 
um, someone in our family, um, my nanny, my, my dad's mom, sadly passed away. And it's it's been a burden that's been on my shoulders a lot. It's been a burden that's been on my shoulders a lot more. And the greatest story I have about my nanny is this. Um, I remember the first time I went to save nanny, and like I don't know if you know about grandmas, but like my nanny could cook. Like man, she could cook. And it's, I remember like, and so we we would all go. She lived in Cambridge, and we would all go up and visit her in the day. And my, do you know most most grandparents offer you two or three desserts? My nanny had like five or six desserts, and it was just like, and you you get to the dessert table, and you're like. I've just eaten this lunch, and now you want me to eat all this food. <laughs> and I remember the first time I went to stay with my nanny, and and she she called me down for lunch, and we sat down, and I realised she had still the plates out, like we'd have the plates out for my whole family. And I and I said I said to nanny, I I, I said I said who else is coming for lunch? I said, she she's she said no one. And I was like, oh, what do you mean no one? She goes, you put more plates out than you would if it was just for me and my family. And she said, she said, Serge, you're coming. And that's it. <laughs> God loves you so much. And he will provide, provide, provide. He will efficient, efficient, efficient. And he will put all the plates out for you. There was a town many, many years ago. And in that town, if you wanted to marry someone, you'd have to offer the father cattle. And, and um, so the, the, the rating system was like, if you had like five cows, your daughter was amazing. She was really pretty. She did all the right things. She had a great career. And half a cow was like, She's just useless. So th there's there's a boy met a girl and the, and the boy met the girl and he said, oh th this th this girl she's she's really cute. I can see this girl being my wife, this my life partner. So she he he went up to the father and he he said he said how many how much cattle do you want for your daughter? And and and, and the father and the father said, ah, you know what she's only average. We have two other daughters who are prettier who are taller. She's only average. Three and a half cows. So the son went away and he came back the next day and he, 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 he gave the father five cows. This is absurd. Even the people in the streets were surprised. Like, why did you give the maximum for, 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 for this woman? And a reporter heard about it. And the reporter, the reporter came and he, he sat down. And he sat down with the husband at the time. And he said, because you paid five cows, which is unheard of in this city. He said, why did you pay five cows for this girl? And he very simply looked back to him and he said, have you seen the way my wife smiles when she wakes up in the morning? Have you seen the smile on my wife's face when she goes about the house? Have you, have you seen the way my wife is not ashamed during intimacy? Because she knows that my husband paid five cows for me. This morning, God paid the maximum for you. And when it's raining and when the situation we're in, it may, may not seem worth it. But can I tell you this morning, God paid the maximum for you. Turn your cave into a chapel. Don't isolate yourself. 